Today's scripture reading comes from Exodus chapter 13, verses 20 through 22, and Exodus chapter 34, verses 8 through 10 from the New International Version. After leaving Sukkoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By the day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and at, by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses as he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance. While the Lord spoke with Moses, whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to his tent. Thank you, Evan, for sharing our scripture with us this morning. I have a question as we dig into this text and whatever is next for us. Have you ever been in a wilderness time? Now, I'm not talking hiking. That might be true. You've been in the wilderness and been um, in desperate need of whatever it is, water, a place to camp. I'm talking wilderness of the soul, wilderness of experience. A time when you found yourself in an unfamiliar place or a dry place. A place where you may feel threatened because of what's happening around you. Scared, fearful, alone, maybe even tempted. As I describe those words, you can probably think of things, times in your life where wilderness was your reality. And when we look back at those times, much like Mary Jo talked about when she faced a car accident and recovering from that, When we face those tough seasons of life, we remember who was there. We remember who was there for us. Who was present in that wilderness time to let us know we weren't alone. We need people to stand with us, to stand beside us, to prove that you're not walking through this wilderness on your own. I mean, I can think of simple things like, A hand holding on when tears came to my eyes. That kind of presence. Or you can think of a friendly face that welcomes you and says something encouraging and kind on a particularly hard day. Or maybe it's even um, you rant about something, you're upset, and someone sends you a reassuring text to say, I'm with you. I hear you. All of these are questions of presence presence in the middle of a wilderness and that's what we heard about in this text as we are going through this series called wilderness where God shapes his people you know the people of Israel who had journeyed from Egypt to the towards the place of promise were in the wilderness for a long long time and how were they going to know they weren't alone in it Yes, Moses was there, but Moses was just a person. How are they going to know? Is God going to stay the course with us through the wilderness? You know, as we go into this topic this morning on presence, we recognize that God in this whole time that we're going to be talking about, 
40 years of time we know that they were in the wilderness that this was an oppressed community coming out of Egypt who were moving towards a place of freedom and release and living fully into what God intended for them. But yet, they needed to know who's going to be with us on the journey. And so this question of presence for us and for Israel was very important. So if you have your Bibles with with you, um, either in print or uh, digitally, I, I encourage you to open them. We're going to look at a whole bunch of passages in Exodus this morning. I don't usually do this, but this is going to be a little bit more of a Bible study. You're going to read some scriptures with me. We're going to take a look. What does it say about what God's presence, how it shows up for people who are in the wilderness? And when we find out what, I mean, you know already, you heard the text, we're going to see that there is Good news for us as well. These people in Exodus, as we read it in verses 20 and 22, they, this is kind of a summary of their journey. In Exodus 13, 20 through 22, it says they left Succoth, which was the part of towards Egypt, and they camped in a certain place. And we know that at this time they were just getting ready to cross the Red Sea. And it says that by day... The Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. You know, up to this time for these people, Moses was really the only one who had seen some visible sign of God. Oh, they'd seen the plagues. But, you know, was were they right there to see all of that happen? Moses, we know encountered God in this bush that was burning and it drew his attention and he came towards it. So there was a visible sign of God's presence in this burning bush. And of course, that powerful voice that came. Oh, we have a little moth that came to join us. (laughs) Um, Maybe it's a different kind of presence to remind me. But the powerful voice that came from that bush, it turned Moses' life around. It changed the course of everything. And now he he is out leading the people in the wilderness. And here is where they need to know. God is here. God is with us. You know, our needs and longings aren't that different, are they? Maybe you're in a stressful transition time. Maybe you're facing a medical crisis. Maybe relationally there are things that are a mess around you. Unexpected trials, we call them, which I think is kind of a misnomer because the scripture tells us we're to expect trials, but they always come as unwelcome. And we're asking, God, where are you? Have you ever mouthed those words? God, where are you? God, are you here with me? Do you care about me? And that's what we see in Exodus A summary statement that says, yes, I am here for you. And here is a visible picture of it. Here's a cloud that you're going to be able to see during the daytime. And a pillar of fire that you're going to be able to experience at nighttime. It's a constant reminder of my presence on the journey. Now, we don't have any descriptions of the cloud or the pillar other than those words. In fact, the term pillar could also be translated as column. So what did this cloud look like? I I was on a 
uh, flight this last week and you know when you're up above the clouds and you look down at them and there's some really beautiful wispy ones and then there's some other bumpy ones that bring a bit of turbulence and it made me wonder because I was talking about cloud what did that cloud look like was it was it fluffy and joyful was it full of uh, gray moisture saturated I don't know but we do know there was something about it that might have been kind of an upright column in a sense and a uniquely upright shape that actually moved directed and guided during the daytime cloud during the nighttime it looked like it was burning like fire and this double call column cloud and fire was not just a physical natural phenomenon it was a revelation of the glory of God some of you may have heard this term before in studying scriptures and other thing it's a term theophany a theophany is exactly what it says theo means God and phaino to appear it's an appearance of God in a manifestation in a way that we can see it with our human senses a theophany sometimes in the form of a human shape and here in this text in the form of a cloud that moved and guided a theophany really is a pre-incarnational that means before Christ became human a pre-incarnational presence of Jesus Christ think of that when we talk about the cloud when we talk about the fire it's Jesus there now we know there are other examples of theophanies in the Old Testament you may remember the story of Abraham who had visitors come to his door three men it said very much theophany a picture of Jesus coming to the door and they give him the good news the surprising news of a child being born to a hundred year old man or of Jacob do you remember the story of Jacob who wrestled all night with a man and then at the end of it the man gave him a new name a theophany and then Moses as we talked about Moses at the burning bush God making himself visible in any way he chooses so that people could see and engage in a different way and here in this Exodus test this theophany wasn't just for a moment or an afternoon visit or a night wrestling match it was 24 7 all the time the cloud was there all the time at night the fire was there that's what it says again in that that passage in Exodus 13 everything says this was God that was present now I want you to make it clear that this pillar again it's not just a natural phenomenon and the text if we really could study each passage of it we it would show that because it talks about not just um, a pillar a cloud but it says and the Lord moved right by day the Lord went ahead of them and another one if you looked over at if, uh, Exodus 14 verse 19 it talks about the angel of God so this isn't just the cloud like I was looking at from the airplane this is a theophany God himself becoming visible so that people would know I am present with you I am with you this 
theophany for the Israelites in this time expressed itself in several ways. And I'm just going to unpack a couple of them. That God's presence shows up as protection, as guidance, and as glory. His presence to protect. Remember the story we went through last week, if you were with us online or here in person, we talked about the miraculous movement across the Red Sea where God shows up and makes a way for his people. And if we read that text again, we're going to find out that that God was there with it, with them in it. And here's where I'm going to invite you to be part of our sermon, our study together. And I'm going to ask all the women here in this place, and if you're listening at home, you can read it here. We're going to read this scripture aloud together. Women, let's read together. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side, so neither went near the other all night long. God showed up as protection. Isn't it interesting that one side of the cloud was was in the darkness? I'm sure that was the Egyptian side. They didn't know what was going on. But on the Israelite side, God shows up with light to protect them. By the way, I, I don't know if it feels awkward for you to read scripture aloud in a worship service, but it's good for us. It uses two parts of our intake, our human intake. We're actually seeing it, and we're hearing it, and we're speaking it. And there's something about doing that together in God's word. So I thank you for doing this with me. But that that picture is a picture of protection. God showed up as a mighty protection so that Egypt's army wouldn't come close at all. And in some ways, the cloud that was there described also could have been protection on their journey. In the middle of the wilderness, think of it. They're, if it's too hot to travel by day, they travel by night. They've got a torchlight to lead the way. If it's hot during the day and the sun is beating down, the cloud provides a comfort, perhaps, an umbrella of shade that helps them move forward in comfort. God was aware of every one of their needs for protection from enemies, from the elements. God was showing, I am with you. I am for you. The second areas where God shows up through cloud is in a guidance. It's said very clearly in the scripture that Evan read for us. The Lord was going to guide them, show them which way to go. Here they are camped on the edge of the desert. And Moses, it seems, had known the way to escape route from Egypt. But now, what's what's the way forward? There wasn't an itinerary that he was given to say, here's the way to go. And so God says, I will guide you. I will come alongside and lead you. I will be the tour guide for this wilderness journey. And if we read all the way through those first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, we see hints of this all over. And so I want the men here to read this along with me as we read this. This is a synopsis of what happened as God guided them. So let's read this together. Sometimes the cloud stayed only from evening till morning, and when it lifted in the morning, they set out, whether by day or by night, 
Whenever the cloud lifted, they set out. Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. They weren't left to figure it out on their own. God had purposes, whether it was for a day in this place or a month in this place, and God knew. And so they followed. They saw the evidence of God's presence to guide them, and they continued on their way. What a powerful picture of guidance. And we're going to talk about that later for us, too. Do you ever wish you had a cloud to lead the way? You know, God's presence isn't just, um, it has practical elements to what who we are and how we follow him. But God's presence is glory as well. We find that as God's glory is shown, the people have both a sense of fear and of awe. And many descriptions throughout the Old Testament here talk about the people. They're like, I don't want to get too close. And God himself sometimes says, don't come too close. Because the presence of God isn't something that can be tamed, isn't something that we can domesticate and and fit for our needs. God's presence is glory. And so this text, which talks about, and we're going to get into this in the next several weeks, as they're coming towards Mount Sinai, and they're going to hear God's covenant requirements, this cloud of presence, it settles down on this mountain as a fire of glory. Let's read this text together from Exodus chapter 24. When Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it. And the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. For six days the cloud covered the mountain. And on the seventh day the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. To the Israelites the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. Wow. Wow. God's God's glory evident in this descending cloud and this consuming fire. There must not have been enough words to describe how awesome that is. And Israel was never allowed to forget that God is not just a presence for their personal needs. God is the I am. The one who says, I define myself. I am who I am. And the glory of God was awesome to see. Perhaps terrifying to see, but in a way that made them worship. We know that in, in God's showing up for Israel, we have a picture of the beauty of the all-present, always-present nature of God. You know, the other text that was read from, that Evan read this morning, talked about that presence even as close as friendship. And if you have your Bibles, turn again to Exodus 33. I don't have it on the screen here, but let's take a look at that again. Because it talks about a closeness and intimacy. So let's bring these two together. The glory of fire and the intimacy of friendship. And in Exodus 33, 8 through 10, it says, As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord 
spoke with Moses. You may know that other places in scripture it says that Moses was was so close to God, he was called his friend. And it says that the Lord talked to him face to face as to a friend. That is presence too. And the people recognized the awesomeness of it, right? And they stood, when they saw the the cloud go towards that tent of meeting, where God was going to interface personally with Moses, they stood at their doors of their tents, and they worshipped. That's why I love it when we worship, as Marisa led us this morning, we stand. We stand in awe of the God who is present. Even the first song we sang this morning, it said, Behold him. Behold him. He is present here. When we sing those words, it's not to the rafters. It's to the God who is present. The closeness of the cloud that Moses experienced here, it it shows there's a depth of friendship with God that is beyond explanation. And that paradigm was to become the paradigm for Israel too. That Israel could be called a friend of God and they could reveal to the nations around them what it meant to follow this kind of God. Commitment, obedience on their way to this land of promise. So what do we see from these texts? And thank you for reading them with me. I hope you've seen not just the miraculous visual theophany but the truth as well, that God is not a far-off deity. He's not somebody to be just gazed at from afar, but is a present that comes into our very lives, day-to-day, 24-7, as he did with the Israelites. God was showing Israel again through all of this that he is one to be responded to, And his presence would never leave them. Never leave them. Divine protection. Amazing guidance. Glorious visuals that all could see. And when we consider this for ourselves, we think, well, if I had seen that, uh, I would have been all in for God. I mean, really. All of those visual reminders, there would have been no question. But you wonder... Even for these Israelites, this miraculous presence of God, cloud, pillar, day and night, over a 40-year span, do you think they kind of got, took it for granted? Like, oh yeah, there's the cloud. Oh yeah, I'm going to sleep tonight. The fire's up there. And they forgot. They forgot that this was the God of the universe who was saying, not just saying, but demonstrating I am with you, and I will never leave you. The cloud was there. Every morning when they woke up, every night when they went to bed, protection, guidance, glory, all of it, a reminder that God is present. He is not distant. And when they started to doubt or rebel, did God withhold his presence? No, he did not. God came near. God came up close and never left. What about us? How does God come near to us with his divine presence? Like I said, when we hear those experiences of Israel, we might say, okay, God, 
I'd like a cloud, like a cloud today. And maybe even throw in some fire so I can be sure it's you. Have you ever felt that way? I want a sign, God. I want to see something of your presence. And especially it's true in a wilderness experience where we long for tangible assurance that we're not forgotten and that we're not alone. God's protection, God's guidance, God's glory. Can it be as real for us as it was for Israel? Well, let me suggest to you that God has provided tangible evidence This morning as we sang our praises to God, you may not have seen him with your eyes, but he is here. He continues to be here present. And we know from the witness of scripture that there are several ways that are actually even more incredible than what the Israelites experienced that you and I have to show us that God is with us. We have the word I mean, they had Moses speaking, but we have, through the centuries, what God has put together for us to say, yes, it's there, I can see it, it's true. We have the spirit, not just a spirit that's hovering above. If we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, the God who says, I am, makes his dwelling in us. A spirit internally that leads us that guides us, that assures us, that corrects us. We have the community, like Israel did, to look around and say, when I get stuck, who else is going to help me point the way? We have this community. The church, the visible saints of God that remind us that God is here and God is with us. And then the most important of all, the Lord Jesus Christ. No longer a theophany for a time, But God made real, made human, came and lived on the earth and walked in our dirt and showed us what God is like. We know that even now we don't see the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of of you may have seen him. I believe and trust that God continues to show up. Jesus continues to show up in visions and dreams. I don't discount that at all. But it's not an everyday 24-7 experience. We trust in the witness of those who did see him. The witness of the apostles who said, I touched him. I heard him. I walked with him. I ate with him. I cried with him. I see him. And they give us this witness. And it's an encouragement to us, I would just say, where God says, you know, for us to believe, we need to see something. Jesus says this to his disciples and to us. This is in John 20, 29. He says this. This was after Thomas had, you know, touched Jesus. I mean, there was some real tangible evidence. This is God, God back from the dead. But Jesus says this, because you have seen me, you believe. Yeah, Thomas believed because he saw the presence of God right there in front of him. But hear this for us. Blessed are those who have not seen and have yet believed. That's you and I. We believe that the incarnate Christ is still active, lives in the glorious realm of heaven, and shows up on earth through his spirit. And someday, friends, 
Someday that visible presence of the incarnate Lord Jesus Christ will be visible to all of our eyes. And we will, who knows, fall on our faces in worship, jump up and down in worship. I don't know. But we will see him as he is. And what a glorious day that will be. But for right now, here's the good news. You are never alone. There is never a moment in the next 24 hours where God's presence is not with you. As close as your breath, as near as the oxygen we breathe, God is here with us. And he has promised he will never leave us and never forsake us. We can't define his presence. We can't make it be what we want it to be because God is who God is. And yet he comes so close, so tenderly, so full of compassion to guide us, to show us his glory, to protect us. This is good news. I thought of a, a, a song, and if you'd like to this afternoon, you can just go on YouTube and look this up. It's a choral piece. And it's just very repetitive. But it just says this. We are not alone. God is with us. We are not alone. God is with us. We might not see him this morning visibly. But we are in the presence of God. In fact, David Brenner says it this way. We cannot attain the presence of God. We're already totally in the presence of God. It's not something you have to over-spiritualize yourself or get to some level for the presence of God to be there. No, it's his nature to be there with you. And it says, what's missing is our awareness. I pray that for us as individuals and for us as a church, we would have this confidence that God is with us. We would be aware of it. We would remind each other of it. We would hold to his word and cling to his spirit so that we go forward only in the presence of God who will never leave us and never forsake us. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, you you know us. You know us as a church. You know us as individuals. You know the times of wilderness we may be walking through even now where we fear abandonment or betrayal. God, we praise and thank you that your presence is real for us today as much as it was in the cloud of pillar of cloud and fire. We thank you that your promises are sure. And that we can look to the life and person of Jesus Christ and say, yes, there is God. You surround us, God, with songs of your love. You remind us that we are your children. And that gives us confidence. It builds our faith that your presence will hold us fast to protect to guide, and to show us glimpses of your glory. May it be so, God. May it be so. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen.